God is so good. So thankful to be back in the house of the Lord. Always an honor and a privilege to be with people of precious like faith. And uh, we are going to get into the word of God and, and grow. I had, uh, as one man said, I, I was going to preach something different, but the Lord changed my tune. So I'm going to minister and uh, I am going to be um, praying that there will be conviction, not only for today, but ongoing and our minds will be stirred by God's spirit and God's power. And so let's begin with prayer and asking God to open our hearts and our minds to be good ground. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray right now that your spirit will come down freely. Lord Jesus, let our hearts be good ground to receive your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak to every heart and every life. Oh God, let us make good decisions today. Let us give ourselves wholly to you today without reservation. God, we surrender our will to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Everyone said amen. Why don't you give someone a five as you're seated? Yeah, five. Give them a five. Everyone but Brother Weekly. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, today, I'm going to be ministering, and uh, I just want to let you know on the outset, I'm going to be talking about uh, heaven, and I'm going to be talking about the Lord coming back. I don't want to sneak up on you. I want you to know what I'm talking about. Uh, and my title today is going to be a, a willing participant. A willing participant. Now, it, it is pretty amazing what people willingly do. Willingly. I, um, I seen a video of this guy, him and his buddies, and he's standing there like this, willingly, as his friend takes a board and whacks him in the head. This man willingly did this. No one made him do it. He somehow thought it was going to be cool. The things that people willingly do amaze me. There are men in this room that willingly take deer urine and smear it all over their body because it's going to make the deer come. The things that we willingly do is pretty amazing if you just stop and think about it. <laughs> I, have, I have read about people up north, I think they call them polar bears, and these people in the middle of the dead of winter jump into the ice cold water. No one pushes them. They don't slip and fall. They jump. I live in Florida, and even in the winter here, I'm not getting in our pool. It's got to be hot for at least a month before I get in that pool. But people willingly do these things. The things that people willingly do astonish me. When Hitler rose up and he began to wreak havoc in our world, there were people that did not believe in what he was doing, but they willingly participated in it. They did not have the same beliefs. They did not have, but they, they just thought, well, this, this ain't going to last. Or you hear them talking and they say, I just didn't really think that they were going to do that much. They, they were willing participants, but they didn't realize just how far this thing was going to go. People willingly do things, willingly get involved with things, willingly step into things that when they, when, once the, the end of the chapter is written, we think, how could I have been involved with that? But no one made them. Yeah. 
They willingly did it. David looked at a man, a strong man, a man of war, a man that understood strategies, a, a man that understood how to fight battles. He knew tricks that were, that, that were put on people. And this man was in a city of refuge. He comes out because someone tricked him. Said, hey, I just want to talk. Knowing the man knew I can't go in the city and get him. So he just says, hey, just, let's just talk. This is a man that he knew was wanting to kill him. He knew was after him. Knew without a doubt in his mind that had a death warrant out on his head. Yet he stepped outside of the city. And there that man slew him. And David said, Abner. You died the death of a fool. He, he, David begins to talk and says, your hands were not tied. No one drug you out of this city. No one made you do that. You were a willing participant. A matter of a will is a powerful thing. What we willingly do, what we willingly allow ourselves to be involved with. And I'm here to tell you today that the Lord is coming soon. Are you going to be a willing participant in the rapture? You see, the Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, you can just stay in Peter, brother, and I will walk you through these verses. We'll do it together. I'm going to jump around. I didn't give you no verses. I apologize. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. 2 Peter 3 and 3 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, Walking after their own lust. The problem in our world today is everyone is completely overwhelmed with their own lust. Now, when we say the word lust, many of us think immediately of sexuality. But a lust is anything that you want. It's a desire that's out of control. He says that they're going to be walking. They're going to be scoffers. And the reason that they're scoffers really is not just because they want to scoff, but because they're after their own lust. Because they want what they want, and they don't care what they have to do to get it. They, they decided that this is my life, and I'm going to do things my way. And, and whether I'm in the flow of things or not, it doesn't really mass, matter. And so because they are after their own lust, they become scoffers. Because they are chasing their own agenda, anything that happens, they try to push down, beat down, try to put it to the side, try to mock people. Why? Not because they truly want to mock, but because they're after their own lust. There are people here today, your own desires, your own lust is driving you in ways that you never thought you would go. And you find yourself saying things you never thought you would say. Huh. Why? Because they, they just didn't take it seriously. Now, you think today it's hard to keep people focused. This is not a new phenomenon. When the Bible was being written, Peter, the next verse, verse 4, and they're saying, where is the promise of his coming? This is some 2,000 years ago, roughly. Even then, they are saying, where's the promise of his coming? This is not a new phenomenon that people say, oh, the rapture, the, the Lord's going to come. I don't really think so. Even while the Bible was being written, he's saying, there are people that are saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. 
Things have always been this way. Things are always going to be this way. Oh, that's just something that modern science has come up with. That's just something that the world has tried to uh, put in all their theories and all the things. No, no, this is not new. This has always been. Why? Because people are after their own lust. Uh, They're after their own desires. Uh, I want what makes me feel good. Uh, I don't want any restrictions on my life. Uh, I don't want to think about the fact that there's a God uh, that has all power. I want to do my own thing. And because of this, they begin to question, where is his coming? Three major things in our world that will happen, the Bible says. Look, next verse, 2 Peter 3 and 5. For these things, they are willingly... Willingly ignorant. They're not just ignorant about it. They, they're willing participants in this thing. They have decided, I, I just don't want there to be anything that throws me off of what I want. My lust. My desires. My cravings. And let me tell you, it goes beyond this world. The church, we can get involved with our own lust and our own careers and our own things. And we're going to sit in our own little world till we get off focus of what really matters. And before long, even within the church, we can become scoffers within ourselves. These things, they are willingly ignorant. That by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth stands out of the water and in the water. Here it is speaking of creation. That by the word of God the heavens are created and the earth is brought forth from the waters. He is talking about creation. He is saying that the scoffers, they are willingly ignorant about creation. You think it is an accident of the evolution that is being taught all around us uh, and the people that are accepting it. uh, Even people that are Christians uh, are somehow trying to put evolution uh, into their faith. Uh, Evolution uh, does not fit uh, in the Bible, uh, in the apostolic, uh, or in any Christian faith. Uh, It does not fit there. When you use the word evolution, there are many meanings for it. You have cosmic evolution, the origin of time, space, and matter. You have to, first of all, deal with that. They've come up with the theory of the Big Bang. And what they believe is nothing exploded. I've read the textbooks. That's actually what they say. Nothing exploded and created everything. And somehow that's not faith. You also got to have chemical evolution, the origin of elements, all the different things that came. You have to have stellar evolution and planetary evolution. Stars, no one has ever seen a star form. No one's ever seen these things. They've they've seen stars explode. They're called novas. If a big one explodes, it's called a supernova. But they have never seen a star form. Where did it come from? How did all this stuff get here? Well, the Big Bang slung it out there. But whenever something is is slung out there, if you're out here, my kids uh, last night were out here, and they were on the merry-go-round, that that, that death trap out there, someone called. I can't remember who it was. But they they were swinging around there. If if a child goes slinging just the inertia of, uh, of something that spins out everything that flies off of that is going in the same direction yet we've got all kind of planets uh, that are spinning in the other direction uh, that defies the theory uh, of evolution uh, all these things but we are willingly ignorant of these things we just refuse to talk about them <laughs> then you have or, or organic evolution and that's that's life They've never been able to reproduce life from non-living material. The theory of evolution says that a a rock was rained on for millions of years, turned into a soup, and we came out of the soup. So your great-granddaddy's not even a monkey. It's a rock. Some of you might actually think that, but you understand what I'm talking about. 
They've never been able to produce life. They can't figure out where life comes from. But they are willingly ignorant. The fact that God created the heavens and created the earth. They are willingly ignorant of it. You have, then you have ma- uh, mi- microevolution, macro, excuse me, of evolution that's changing from one kind to another. It's never been seen, never there. Every time they come up with something like they came up with Lucy, Lucy was this, supposed to be this in-between thing, and Lucy's been disproven. People putting things together, just trying to stick things together. They keep trying to come up with things. But as I said here a few weeks ago, you cannot take the latest, the latest thing out. Everyone talks about, well, the latest science says. Don't give me the latest science. Give me something that has stood the test of time. Not just, oh, I just found this thing. Whenever it hits the science journals does not mean it's true at that point Uh, that means everybody else can now start picking it apart true science is an amazing thing because true science when it goes out everyone begins to be able to look at it but what we do in our world uh, is we emphasize the new science uh, but when it's disproven we don't talk about it what I'm saying is that there is, that, uh, that, that there is a willingness uh, to be ignorant of things uh, that are going on. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that because they're after their own lust, uh, they are willingly ignorant of these things. They're willing to, you have uh, macro evolution, and now that's something that happens. And that's, that, that's evolution, what they would call evolution. I don't call it evolution, but it's just within its own kind. Well, otherwise, you have a dog, and then you have other dogs that are variations, but it's always a dog. You never get a dog to be a flea. But see, This is a major thing in our world. But see, the heavens, the Bible says in Psalms 19 and 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. When you begin to look at the heavens, you begin to look at everything that God created. It speaks of an all-powerful God. We say, well, we get a telescope and we said, well, we can see the end. But then we get a more powerful telescope and we realize there's more out there. And we said, well, we can count the stars. But the more we get and the farther we look out, we realize that truly the Bible says no man can number him it looks like the bible's right the heavens declare the heavens declare the glory of the lord the bible says they are willingly ignorant and because of this willing willingness to be ignorant of these things uh, some of the most horrible things in our world i mentioned the word hitler the other day just that word uh, just that name uh, uh, brings a, a a bad taste to your mouth just thinking about what happened there. But this was a man that strongly believed in evolution. That's exactly right. Because one race is better than another race. Because one race evolved better than the other. In his mind, the German people evolved greater than everybody else. And because of that, now they're going to extinguish everyone else to build a great race. It was a matter of evolution in his mind that these did not evolve Christ right and so we're going to step up and make things better Hitler Stalin all these mass murders they were evolutionists because once you begin to think in terms of evolution that's what's wrong with our world suicide is not a big deal because we're not created in the image of God we're created from a rock and we just kind of evolved we just got the lucky straw we just got a little bit better than the monkeys we were just a little bit better than all these things but when you understand the word of God uh, that I was created uh, in the image of God uh, I was created uh, in the likeness of God uh, I was created uh, with his power and his breath uh, in my body the Bible says that the invisible things that we're seeing that we're studying that is coming out to us The Bible says when we see them, his eternal power and Godhead, the Bible says they will be without excuse. Willingly ignorant of creation. 
And another thing, the next verse says, this is another thing, one of three things that the scoffers are willingly ignorant of. Verse 6 of 2 Peter 3 and 6. Whereby the worlds that was being overflowed with water perished. Huh. They're willingly ignorant of the flood. When you speak to the people in our world, they, they just don't want to accept the fact that there was a worldwide flood. They'll come up with all kinds of theories, all kinds of different things. But they just refuse. It doesn't matter the fact that the tallest mountains have a, a, a life on them or, or what was in them uh, was once under the oceans. Uh, seashells and all these things uh, are found on the top uh, of the highest mountain. Uh, it doesn't matter that the plant life that only grows under the water uh, is up on the mountain uh, covered in ice. It doesn't matter about all that. No, they are willingly ignorant of these things. Uh, it doesn't matter the fact that the mindset of a flood is not just in the Bible. Every ancient culture has a, has a story about a flood that people survived. The Chinese, when you look at their old characters, which are basically pictures, instead of us doing W-H-E-R-E-B-Y, they, they would actually take a, a, it's a picture of whatever the word is. When you look at those scrolls and when you look at the beginning, it's a tree with two people on it. What do you think that is? That's Adam and Eve there with the tree in the garden. When you look at a flood, it's a boat with eight people. Who do you think that is? That's Noah and his wife and his three sons and their three daughters. It's all over that there was a there was a flood. I don't care what continent you go on. If there was an ancient land there, there is a story about a time that it was all covered up. But the reason why the scoffers are willingly ignorant because if they believe that there's a God that created, that means there's a God that makes the rules. There's a God that has a say in their life. And if they believe in a flood, that means that there's a God that has the right to, to judge us when we're living wrong. That's why they're ignorant of it. We don't want to believe that. We want to say everything's fine. I can do what I want to do. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. That's fine. But there's coming a day that God's coming back. There's going to be a day I'm here to shake somebody up. Don't be willingly ignorant of the fact that he is still God. All over this place, lift your hands and your voice. Nobody wants to talk about it. I don't like talking about it. Everybody on planet Earth, every animal, every person, young and old, died in that flood. Oh, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. The Bible says that the imagination of their heart was only evil continually. There was something these people got a hold of. They were walking after their own lust, their own desires. And when you're only focused on you and your desires and your own wants, you only get, you get to a place where you have to think wicked so you can get what you want and you can put everybody else down. I tell you a horrible marriage. It's a marriage that one person's only thinking of themselves. There was a day. There was a day that came. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. I'm about to get into this. For in the days of Noah, 
that were before the flood. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day. Until that day that it happened, it was life as usual. Until the day. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. There shall be two in the field. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken, the other left. He's saying just as it was in the days of Noah. It was a day that they had heard the warnings. Something had stirred their heart. Something had moved on them. But they refused, refused, refused to do it. Oh, that story's not true. You can't get all the animals in the ark. Oh, yeah? How big was the ark? How many floors did it have? What's the size of the average animal? See, we just say that because we, oh, let me just throw that out there. There was, there was plenty of room in that ark. If you will do the math, the size of the average animal is the size of a sheep. And you say, well, look, look at the elephants. Well, first of all, they're smart enough, I'm sure, to get a baby elephant. <laughs> you don't want a full-grown one. First of all, you want like a young teenager type because when they get off, the whole point is for them to make babies. You don't get the oldest, biggest. When you do the math of every kind, there was enough room for the three floors for only one and a half floors to be taken up by animals. Of all the animals that needed to be in the ark, how many of each kind was in the ark? Most people would say two. That's halfway true. There was two of every unclean beast, and there were seven of every clean beast. Why did they need more? Well, first of all, they had to eat. And if you only had two and you ate one, got a problem. <laughs> they also sacrificed the clean beast. You had a sacrifice, you had a problem. So there were seven of every clean Two of every unclean. That's still the same number I said. Only less than half of the ark will be filled with animals. You have food and one whole story for, the, for, for Noah and his family to be on if they wanted to. See, we just say these things, we throw it out there, but no one does the math. No one looks at it for what it really is. They say they believe in science, uh, but that's not the case uh, because when you really get down to it, they simply don't want it to be true because they don't want the fact uh, that God will judge us one day. They don't want to believe that, but I'm here to tell you it is true uh, that God will judge his people. God will judge his people one day. That's why. That's why the progression is here. At first, they don't believe in the creation. Then they don't believe in the flood. Because if there's a creation, there's a God. If there's a flood, that means he will judge. And the last thing, we're still in 2 Peter 3 and 7 now, the next verse. This is the last thing they are willingly ignorant of. But the heavens and the earth, which are now... But the same word that kept them in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. Petition of ungodly men. That's the judgment day. He said these things, these major events, things that you have to know, there has to be an intelligent designer to create all this. You break it down. You want to start at the eyeball, start at the human body, go into the very, the, 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 the DNA uh, and the C. I, I just saw a, a clip with my children, actual, it's an actual footage of what happens, that, that there is actually this, this little, it looks like a little person in the DNA that they were looking at that has two legs. I'm telling you the truth. You've got to see this. It's unbelievable. And they, they're carrying what needs to be carried from one place to another and dropping it off. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. But the more they look, the more they realize how intelligent all this is. 
How could this just happen? It can't just happen. And there's a God. And so they say, I don't want to believe in the creation because that means there truly is a God. I don't want to believe in the flood. That means he judges. And so I don't want to believe that the Lord is coming back and you have children committing suicide because they're sucking all this stuff in. There is no reason to do anything. They're walking in with guns and doing horrible things. I'm here to tell you the Lord is coming back. The rapture is imminent. It's right around the corner. See, I could tell you about things happening right now. Just this in the past week or so, week or two, just here, three things out of Matthew 24. I could talk about a bunch of things. We showed a, a, a video clip here uh, last week of Brother Stone King, which is going to be here uh, in two weeks. Brother Stone King preaching is what he was doing, speaking at the UN, the United Nations, an apostolic, one God believer, stepped up and began to talk about the power of this Jesus that we serve. And he gave the Acts 2.38 message. That right there has already, just in the last week, I know it was over 3 million views. I don't know if that's great or not. That sounds like a lot to me. But that's just in the first week, 3 million views. Over 3 million views. Every, they've already had, since that time, they've had more people in the UN building get the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Since that's happened, they've already had two or three more of the officials that are there in the UN building. That transcript that he talked about Jesus, and he talked about being born again of the water and the spirit, then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That transcript is now laid on the desk of every world leader in the world. Everyone that's a part of the United Nations has that document on their desk. I don't know who's going to read it. But the Bible says in Matthew 24, 14, that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world and a witness to all nations. Then shall the end come. The Bible says, is that it? I don't know if that's it, but we've got missionaries all over the world. We've got a man preaching to the United Nations. But the Bible says it's when the gospel is being preached to all nations that the end is going to come. The question is, are you willingly ignorant of what's happening in our world? Do you refuse to see it? Do you refuse to act like anything's happening? Are you just going to have business as usual? Are you with the scoffers? Because, God help us. If we're not careful, we can see all the things that are happening in our world and go along like nothing's happening at all. Willingly ignorant. The Bible says, I'm just in Matthew 24, just giving you a couple things. Matthew 24 and 7. Me and Brother Victor were talking about this. He mentioned this to me. I had to check up on him, make sure he was right. He was right. I'm going to use his stuff. He told me he's preached my stuff all over the world. So, Here, Matthew 24, see, it's redundant. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famine and pestilence and earthquakes. I'm going to get to that. But it says here, see, it's a redundant here because it says nation shall rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Sounds like the same thing. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. But this word nation here, when you look at it, when you look at kingdom, kingdom's talking about the king's domain. It's talking about a, 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 a country that has a ruler over it. It's talking about Israel and Iran. It's talking about that. But when it says here, nation shall rise against nation, this word nation here is races. It's one race shall rise up against another race. 
Now, we don't do this stuff in the church. The Bible says there is no more Jew nor Gentile nor bond nor free. That we, that we don't play that stuff. No, we don't. We are all created in God's image. If you've got an issue with somebody, you've got an issue with God. But what we are seeing in our world is this racial tension that's trying to be made up, trying to be forced. But the Bible says pay attention to it, not only to Israel and Iran, but pay attention to the fact that races are coming against us. Now, here we go. we got to make a decision. Oh, that don't mean anything. I'm willingly ignorant of what's going on around me. Is that really how we're going to be, just ignorant? How many things do we have to lay out before we stop being ignorant of the things that's going on around us? How close does the mark of the beast have to get before you realize that everything is set up for the Lord to come back. Earthquakes in diverse places. There are more earthquakes in our world than there's ever been. The earth is groaning. The earth is groaning within itself. The Bible says in the last days that earthquakes uh, are going to be uh, one of the markers. Uh, just this past week, uh, I saw in the news today, uh, over 7,000 uh, have died in this earthquake. Diverse places. Don't know where it's going to hit yet. Oh, I'm willingly ignorant. I got time to play around. I've got time to wait through another service. I've got time before I start witnessing to the people in my job. I've got time before I really start reaching out to my family. There's something going on in our world. It's not just on one front. Everything keeps lining up. There's been always through history times that, wow, this is happening, and oh my goodness, that's happening. But everything that is happening in our world, I don't know when the Lord's coming back, but I pray I don't get the attitude of the ignorant people that say, well, my grandfather talked about the Lord coming, and it didn't come in his time. I guess it's just not going to happen. It's going to happen. And let me tell you, we are all dealing with stuff. We're all dealing with stuff. You've got that job. Thank God for your job, but don't get so focused on your job that you lose sight of heaven. You've got marriage problems. I'm sorry, but don't get bitter and lose out for heaven. You've got issues with your children. I'm sorry, and I'm praying for you, but the main thing is that we make heaven our home. Don't lose sight of what this thing is all about. You've got to be ready. You don't know when it's going to happen. I'm just going through Second Peter here. 3, now verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that a day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. He's not saying that every day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. What, he, what this is referring to, because God lives outside of time. God lives in eternity. He is not bound by time. That's why he said before Abraham was, I am. Not before Abraham was, I was, but I currently am before Abraham was. So God is not trapped in time. What he's saying is God's not on your time schedule. And I know some people they got all the little things figured out when this happens that happens when this happens that happens I'm sorry we don't know everything I think we're going to understand more and more the closer that we come to the coming of the Lord but don't get everything on a time schedule where you think when this happens then I'm going to repent today is the day you need to repent today I don't know what's inside of me today but there's a pulling in me because there's too many people that are willingly ignorant in this place and you're playing games with God come back another day and I'll do something sweet for you let me tell you what God's willingly some people are willingly ignorant let me tell you what God's willingly what his will is next verse for the Lord is not slack concerning his promises now, some men count slackness. 
but is long-suffering. That means he suffers long with this world. Takes all the, his name being called in vain and everyone laughing about it. He suffers through it all. He suffers through the people that denied him, persecute him. He suffers through it all. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is a willing participant in your salvation. There are people that are willing participants in the mess of our world, in the lies of our world, in the junk that's being thrown around in our world. But God is a willing participant in your salvation. He willingly, the Bible says, he could have called ten thousands of his angels to pull him off of that cross but he didn't he willingly and he looked at it and said no man takes my life I willingly lay it down he was a willing participant in taking the sins of the world on his shoulders and being nailed to the cross he is a willing participant today in your salvation will you will 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 you come God is not willing that anyone should go to hell. If you go to hell, you're going to have to go over his dead, buried, and resurrected body. He said, listen, I know you're going through things. He said, there is no temptation that has taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Who shall not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able. But with the temptation also make a way of escape so you'll be able to bear it. He but willing. He is saying I'm willing. I'm not going to let you be tempted. But I'm willing to make a way of escape for you. And today you don't have to be willingly ignorant of what's going on in our world. But you do need to be willingly accepted of what God did for you and the fact that he made a way of escape for you. Next verse, verse 10. But the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. He's saying they're willingly ignorant, but they ain't going to change the fact that the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. You're not going to understand it. You're not going to be prepared for it. It's going to be an ordinary day. You're going to be on your job. You're going to be in your bed. You're going to be somewhere, somehow, just going through your ordinary day. And all of a sudden, uh, there's going to be something hit the news. Uh, people are gone uh, all over the place. People are gone. Uh, you know, they made a movie about this. I hate that they made a movie about this. Uh, people can see it. Uh, but what it does, it puts it in the, the category for people. Oh, it's just a movie. It's not just a movie. Uh, there is a reality uh, there will be a day there will be a day that there are going to be people that gave their heart to God that repented of their sins were baptized in his name were filled with his spirit that they're going to be raptured out of this place one day the Bible says but the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth and the works thereof shall be burnt up there's going to be a day that the Lord is coming back and you've got to be ready. Verse 11, he ends this by saying you're willingly ignorant, but you can make decisions. Verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Seeing that all these things, you can see them coming together. You see them coming to pass. You can see them being worked out. You can see that all this stuff is going to come to fruition. Seeing that all these things uh, uh, shall be dissolved. Uh, what manner of person ought ye to be? See, that's, that's where it really, really comes together. If you're willingly ignorant, you, you don't care about nothing you don't have to you don't have to worry about anything you do your own thing but when you are focused on the fact that God created all things that God has already judged this world and he's coming back again what kind of a person should you be 
what kind of a person should you be? In all conversation, and that's not just talking about how you talk, it's talking about how you live your life. What kind of a person should you be in your daily living? How you conduct business? How you treat your husband, your wife, your kids, your mom, your dad? Well, how could that be in the things that you watch and the things that you listen to and in the, in the conversations that you get involved with? Uh, what kind of a person should you be? Or are we willingly ignorant, uh, saying, well, I'm just going to go through another day. Uh, nothing's going to happen. Uh, or are you going to willingly uh, be a participant uh, in the things of God uh, and saying, today uh, I have an opportunity uh, to repent. Uh, I know uh, what's going on in my life is not right. Uh, when I look at what manner of person uh, I am, uh, it's not the person uh, I ought to be uh, and I need today uh, to make a decision uh, to give myself wholly uh, to God once again uh, what kind of a person uh, you say I'm focused on this world uh, but the Bible tells us uh, lay not treasures uh, on this earth uh, that moth and rust is going to corrupt uh, but lay up treasures uh, in heaven uh, he's saying you got to get your eye uh, off of this world uh, and get it above uh, this world uh, what are you willingly doing uh, the Bible says in Matthew 11 28 Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, if you'll come to me, I will. I'm a willing participant to take your sins and put them on my shoulders and to forgive you and to give you a fresh start. I'm here today because we've got too many people. We're not willingly participating in the things of God. The preacher has to say, take someone by the hand, bring them to an altar. Get someone by the hand and pray with them. Find someone to pray with. Just kind of going along with what we're told. Instead of letting the spirit of God and conviction get inside of us. Because if we believe that the Lord is coming back, I think we would be acting a little bit different even today. I will bless the Lord. Stand with me. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. What are you a willing participant in today? Are you being willingly ignorant about what's going on in our world? Willingly ignorant about the things that are fighting you every day? Willingly ignorant about what your children are involved with? Willingly ignorant of the effect of the media in your home. Willingly ignorant of the places that your husband, your wife, or your children are going to on the internet. Willingly ignorant, not my husband, not my wife, not my child. It's time for us to wake up. This world is willingly taking us to hell. But there is a God that willingly died for you, that will not point his finger in your face and judge you today. But with open arms, he'll wrap you up. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn of me I am meek and lonely of heart and ye shall find rest for your soul today I don't know what's going on in your life I wish I could say it better. I wish I could say the words that need to be said for you, sir, for you, ma'am. I wish I knew how to say it. But I really don't think if I even I said it right, it would work if you're willingly ignorant of it. I don't think there is a perfect way to say something of someone that's willingly ignorant of what they know in their heart and their spirit. I've got to get right with God. I've got to get to an altar. I've got to repent. I've got to. I've got to. Today. Today. 
Why not just come and pray? Why not just come and pray? Church, obey God. Altar workers, obey God. Preachers, obey God. Somebody today, you need to give your heart to God. Wake up those that slumber and sleep. Wake up those. Don't be so easy to leave. Don't be so easy to move to the next thing. Today would be a good day for you to pray, sir. Today would be a good day for you to pray, ma'am. That's it. What do I do? He just said, come to me. He said, if you will ask me, I will forgive you. I will give you a fresh start. You can cast all your cares on him because he does care for you. That's it. That's awesome right there. Now you're here. You've taken a step of faith. There's still some coming. There's still some in your heart. You're saying, I need to go. Go ahead. Take that step of faith. But wherever you are right now, just begin to talk to the Lord. God, help me. Ministers, move. Hallelujah. Come on. It's time to wake up to the point that you're saved again. It's time to wake up to the point that you're reaching others again. Come on. Don't be ignorant of what's going on. Don't be cold and lukewarm. Get close to the fire. Get close to somebody else that's praying. Somebody pray with me. Somebody help me wake up. Come on. If you'll walk down this aisle, God's going to meet you here. There's something about taking natural steps of faith that God sees that natural step and it becomes a spiritual step to Him. It becomes a step of faith that He'll respond to. Come on, you're right there in your seat and there's tears flowing down your face. Let them flow. Let them flow. Let them flow. You need to pray, sir. I don't know who you are, but you need to pray. Humble yourself before 